one of my promises to my email list is that I will always give them the best of me first. So whatever I'm sending to my email list will be unique to them first. I don't like the word should, but I'm going to use it. Your email subscribers should be your like VIPs, your inner circle, the people that you're giving the most value to start there and then spread from there rather than pulling stuff from your social media. You're listening to the Bookkeepers podcast sponsored by Xero. I use Xero's accounting and bookkeeping software to manage my clients' accounts and I love it. If you haven't tried it yet, head over to Xero.com with an X and you can either start a free 30-day trial or sign up to Xero's partner program to join their amazing community forward-thinking accountants and bookkeepers. Hi and welcome to the Bookkeepers podcast. I'm Zoe Whitman. I'm here with Joe Wood and we're joined by Katie Skelton today. Katie's going to talk to us about email marketing. Hi Katie, nice to have you back. How are you? Hello, I'm good thank you. How are you? We are we good are aren't we Joe? Yeah we are really really good. In our final week countdown to Christmas. Are you all ready Katie or are you like everyone that's just got a few bits to get? No, I think I've got everything. Well, I think I've got everything. To my left, I've got loads of boxes that I've not actually opened yet because my kids are everywhere. And so I don't know what I haven't got because I've not had the chance to go through it. So I'm sure it's fine. It'll be fine. We've got the big stuff. We've got the important stuff. It's all good. Oh, it's so exciting. Um, Yeah, absolutely can't wait. Feeling very Christmassy this week. Um, Well, look, as we go into Christmas and maybe everyone here who's watching this and hi, let us know if you're watching this live as well. It's always nice to know that you're here. Um, Maybe people are going into Christmas thinking, I really want to send a Christmas newsletter to my clients or the people who are in my world. And uh, it seems like a good time to talk about email marketing. Um, Katie, I wonder if you can start actually, because we spoke to you in boot camp a little while ago, but for people who don't know who you are, would you mind telling us about who you are and what your background is? Yeah, sure. So I my my long-term background is in sales and marketing. So I was a bid writer and account manager in the TV industry for years and years. I was then made redundant when I was on maternity leave with my second child, set up a copywriting business, soon realized that actually writing full-time for other people was too much of an energy drain for me and needed to find other ways of helping people. Um, Went on a bit of a journey of discovery, realized that email was something that I was really passionate about, partly because I'm not passionate about it, which I'll touch on a bit more later. Um, And then since then, it's all just taken off, particularly this year. And um, now I train small business owners in how to make email marketing feel good for them and for their subscribers. Oh my goodness. Wow. What a journey. So email marketing, what does it actually mean? Because I think as business owners or as individuals, I mean, even now when you try and buy something from New Look, they want your email address so they can send you stuff. And I know any, I'm sure lots of people listening have like so many emails in their inbox and it feels like we're completely inundated with it. Um, How does email marketing help somebody that's new in business to what's the benefit of it? And like, what does good look like? Good questions. So how does it benefit 
a small, if we're talking about small business owners, kind of forget about New Look peddling their 10% discounts at Christmas or saying they're going to send you your receipt, but actually they're going to send you loads of marketing emails. Um, we all know what they're up to. Um, as a small business owner, I see the role of email marketing as building building on your personal brand because if you're a small business owner generally speaking you are your brand so it's an extension of your personal brand um and also it builds so it builds your know like and trust factors with your subscribers with your audience um but the other thing that i think is really important with email is lots of people think that email is just there to make you sales. It's there to, you should have this funnel where people come in via a lead magnet, and we'll talk about this, like what all these things mean as well. Um, come in via a lead magnet, and then you try and get them to buy something, and then you get them to buy something else, and then eventually they've spent a thousand pounds before they've know, they know it. It doesn't have to be like that. It can be about building relationships. It can be about one thing I talk about all the time um, is encouraging people to talk about you in rooms that you're not in. So even if you've got 500 people on your email list who are not, they might be potential ideal clients, but even if they never buy from you, if they happen to be at an event one day, or if they happen to be in the cafe locally and they overhear a conversation and they need what you're offering, they might think, oh, that person's been in my inbox. They've been sending me emails and giving me value week in, week out, month in, month out they'll talk about you in that room that you're not in. So it's an extension of your marketing without you having to do any additional marketing apart from sending the actual emails, obviously. Oh, that's amazing. And uh, we were talking to someone about this in the last couple of days about um, if you went to a networking event, not going to the event thinking this person is going to be my customer, but going to the event thinking this person will know people who might become my customers. So I suppose it's a bit like that. But you mentioned this uh, phrase, personal brand and I just wonder if you don't mind digging into that a bit more because I think when we become bookkeepers or accountants and we start delivering what we do we think I'm delivering this service I know what it looks like I do it like this and I do it with my business and we spend so much time thinking I need a business logo and a business name and actually um, now people are talking about having a personal brand and not a business brand so is this a new thing or what do we need to know here? I don't think it's really a new thing. I think it's probably a new buzzword. So people have started using it a lot more widely. Um, but the idea of personal brand is just allowing potential customers or your, your audience, if you like, people who follow you on social media, your email subscribers, wherever people might come across your business, to get to know the person behind the business. Because I'm sure everybody watching has heard the the phrase people buy from people, not from brands or not from businesses. So the more you can connect on a human to human level with the people who might buy from you, the better. And that is, in essence, what a personal brand is. Yeah, I, I think, think so. oh, sorry. I think when people start out, they assume it's a logo. Like literally when people, I, I remember starting practices and thinking I must get my, I can't do anything until I have a logo and a business card. And now going into business, it's just so much, so much more than that. And to think of um, an email being an extension, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it's what people say about you when you're not in the room. That's really what your personal brand is all about. It's your messaging, your values, what pe how you're making people feel. If 
if people can talk about you in a room and they trust you and they think, oh, I'm going to contact them, a stranger, because of someone, t- how they talk about you, that's like it's so empower- um, so impactful. But like compared to just a logo, why do we, why did for years I spent so much time and energy thinking, what color should I use? What should my font look like? And it, and I was getting it so wrong. And it's like no mistake that my businesses weren't doing as well when I really thought about the logo and nothing else. Um, you also mentioned um, a lead magnet. Would you just mention, like, just let people know what that a lead magnet is? Yeah. So really simply put, a lead magnet is something that you are offering to people for free in exchange for their email address so that you can send them marketing emails. So it could be an ebook, it could be a free call with you, it could be an event that or like a masterclass or something that you're you're running. It it can take lots and lots of different forms, but the the essence of it is somebody wants this free thing that you're offering, they give you their email address, you deliver the thing and in exchange you've got their email address that you can do what you want with within reason (laughs) and um i know that there's when you have a website often you'll see at the bottom subscribe for updates do you think people use those boxes or do you think you need to offer people something in exchange for their email address so i don't necessarily think you have to offer something in exchange like a lead magnet in exchange for your for their email address because actually some of my most engaged email subscribers are the ones who have signed up for my newsletter because they want to receive the newsletter and not because they've signed up because they want a free thing. Um, Because sometimes people go, oh, a free checklist, I'll have that. And then I'll just ignore all the emails you ever send because I was only here for the checklist. Whereas if they're there for you and the value that you're delivering week in, week out, then they're much more likely to read those emails and engage with them and be, um, be engaged with you. So But to answer your question, Zoe, I think there are probably slightly better ways of going about getting people to sign up for the newsletter type emails than just having a thing at the bottom of your website. And if you do, I would explain in much more, not in detail, but more specifically what people are actually going to get when they sign up. So rather than sign up to get the latest news, you could say sign up to get one tip for managing your own bookkeeping every week or something like that so people know and also when they're going to get it as well so when when to expect it how often to expect it and what value you're actually going to give them and then they're much more likely to see that at the bottom of the website and go oh yeah I really want to be part of that Mm, that's so important because if you're just handing over I mean even if I want the the free download I really have to think about do I want what's going to follow that because our experience leads us to think it's just going to be filling our inbox with junk. But I love that actually saying, I'm going to be sharing this thing with you, this frequency, in this format. Do you want that? It feels like it's really transparent. And I think that's really important these days because I don't exactly like the shops that ask you, do you want your receipt emailed? It feels a bit, we know what they're doing, but they're not being transparent about it. Whereas if, and so and if we, it, it feels out of integrity, doesn't it? If we're just trying to capture emails for that purpose, you know, we're always very clear, like if people sign up for our boot camps, we're like, we're going to be set t- telling you about what's going on in boot camp and keeping you updated. If that's what you want, you can sign up or you don't have to. And we're really clear about like double opting in, making sure people really, really want 
to hear our emails because we don't want to wind people up. It's very, you know, we want it to because it's part of our it's part of our values and things like that. Um, so it's really interesting. How do you get? Okay, so what's the difference between um, a newsletter and just regular email marketing? And um, yeah, how, how can people dif differentiate between the two? So a newsletter, contrary to what it sounds like, doesn't always have to be just about your news and your business's news, because that is going to probably get quite boring quite quickly. Nobody, as much as you love shouting about the awards that you've won or the places you've been or the clients you've worked with actually what you need to do is think what's in it for the person who's receiving it always think of the human at the end of the inbox who's reading your email um, but a newsletter can be a way of giving additional regular value it's a, a regular touch touch point where you're popping into someone's inbox on a regular basis and providing I know the word value is really overused as well um, but providing something that makes them feel like it's worth you being in their inbox week in week out so that's a, a newsletter style email so that's that kind of regular regular marketing regular like like your regular posts on LinkedIn Facebook Instagram um, and then I guess the difference between a newsletter and then other types of email marketing is other sequences and stuff can be much more sales focused. They can be they can have a specific selling outcome attached to them, whereas your newsletter can just be about staying front of mind until the time's right. And then when you do send those sales emails, people feel like they've got enough from you to warrant it being OK, I guess, for you to start sending sales emails because you've given them something in return you're not just asking for their money all the time yeah I've, so there's a I'm on a mailing list um which is written by an estate agent in Dorset and, um, I don't live in Dorset I haven't lived in Dorset for a very long time but um she is I don't, on social media I don't know how I ended up on her mailing list but she sends not very frequently really but I always look out for them like if I see it come in I'm like oh it's from her and she always gives a little bit of a market update tells you about some houses she's got for sale they're fancy you know um but like I'm always like oh that's you know that one looks nice in my sort of vision board way but um she always gives a little bit of information about like the market background what's happening at the moment and I'm like well that we all have things like that to share from time to time okay but like that actually could be useful for so you know to know inflation is at this percent or you know this grant is being introduced locally or something like that like we could all do that and then um but it's just not about being like here's loads of random stuff I've collected from the internet and I'm throwing at you um but how do you make that different to something you put on social media should it could it be the same you were talking about your LinkedIn and the way you stay in touch with people in that way, do you need the email to be different or can you repurpose the same content? It doesn't necessarily have to be different, I wouldn't say. Um, one, one of my promises to my email list is that I will always give them the best of me first. So whatever I'm sending to my email list will be unique to them first doesn't mean it won't end up on LinkedIn at some point. And also sometimes I'll do a post on LinkedIn and it will go, it will generate loads of conversation and loads of interest. And then I will incorporate a link to that post 
in my email because I think that my email subscribers would actually be interested in joining that conversation. So I think that there is, um, there's a way of repurposing and it doesn't have to be entirely unique content. It can be repurposed, but I would always say that because you're the, well, I don't like the word should, but I'm going to use it. Your email subscribers should be your like VIPs, your inner circle, the people that you're giving the most value to. Um, start there and then spread from there rather than pulling stuff from your social media. So the thought of creating loads of emails for some, it already I'm like, oh, I'm going into procrastination mode, <laughs> thought of it. Um, and you mentioned the word earlier, sequences. I've heard, you know, about onboarding sequences and, you know, different kind of sales sequences. What what does that mean? And how can that help us like automate a customer's journey through email? OK, so a sequence, um, very, very simply put, is just a, a load of automated emails in the same order to people from the point at which they sign up. So that could be they sign up to receive your newsletter and they get one email saying, thanks for signing up. Here's a reminder of what you're going to get and when you're going to get it. And then there might be a couple of other emails. I quite like my my newsletter welcome sequence to be really light touch, actually, and just start with a bit of my voice and a bit of my personality so people can see what to expect. But I don't go too far down the pushing social proof and testimonials and making it really hardcore from the beginning because actually they signed up to receive my newsletter so that's what I'm going to give them first and then the other stuff can come um, but you can use um, sequences for sales as well as you said Joe. so if you're launching something new or if there's you're having a big sales push you can use a sequence of emails to nurture people warm them up to the point where you've given you've built the know, like, and trust factors via telling them how you work with people already, showing them testimonials, um, showing them your pricing, or telling them about how you could how you can move forward with working with you. Um, so that could be a, a more, I guess, traditional sales sequence, but also something you've just touched on that I absolutely love using email for is post sale. So once you've, it's everybody talks about email marketing for marketing up to the point of sale and then it all stops and you think there's so much in this email software that we all use or have the potential to use there is so much potential for enhancing our customers journeys once they're customers so an onboarding email so they sign up for you to do their bookkeeping they get an onboard everybody gets the same onboarding email with the same like this is the the form that you need to or the forms you need to fill in and the contract you need to complete and all of that stuff can be automated makes your life easier and it also makes your clients lives much more streamlined and it gives them a taste of how much easier it is going to be working with you than it was when they were do, trying to do everything themselves so i think a lot of businesses do miss a trick in not using email for post-sale customer journeys as well yeah like getting some kind of instant email and um we talk about like buyer's remorse you want people to straight away feel like yes I've made the right decision and actually if they're getting these automated things coming through they're gonna know okay I I know what's happening next there's a workflow there's a process I can trust that I'm being looked after I love that um for people who don't have a website or any of that because I know I know like Joe didn't have a website for years and I know you did a lot of your marketing well through Facebook really and you had a LinkedIn page 
Um, do you need to have a fancy website to have email marketing or can you, how do you know, we were talking about lead magnets. How do you post that and how do you make sure people can access that if you don't have a website? So no, you don't need a website. And most of the email marketing platforms um, will have a function within them where you can create forms and landing pages and all of the stuff that you need in order to do um, email marketing independently of having a website. So some people have a website and don't even use it for any of their email marketing stuff. Um, they just house it all within the email marketing software just because it all talks to each other and it's a bit easier to integrate it all. So you absolutely do not need a website to start email marketing, no. If someone's new and starting out and, I mean, thinking about this software, this email marketing software, what are some of the names that people should look out for if they're brand new and thinking, I want to start a list? Do I, you know, um, I had the conversation with my sister, she was going to just house it on Excel and then send out individual emails. And then we were all saying, no, there's other options, there's free options, and you can have like more people on a list and still have it automated even for free. What kind of software is out there for new people starting out with this? So for new people, I'm, I'm generally quite system agnostic because I've got clients who work on lots of different systems. But for new people who are just starting out and they want to test the waters, um, I would recommend MailerLite um, just because there's a really generous free tier of what like what you get for free their free tier is a lot more than you get on other platforms it's really user friendly it's got all of the the landing pages and the forms and stuff so if you don't have the web a website that's fine you can do it all in there it's all quite intuitive and most importantly their customer support is really really good so if you don't if you're not quite sure what you're doing like none of us did at the beginning um, then you can ask them and they're really quick at getting back to you. I don't actually use MailerLite, but lots and lots of my clients do and absolutely swear by it. Mm. Um, so if you so if you start an email list, you might so there might be like a free download, a checklist or a something guide that's going to help you do better bookkeeping. You have it on a landing page. Some people sign up, put their email address in, then they get the thing sent to them um and then you do they just straight away you might send them put them in a sequence or you might they might just start getting emails from you how frequently should you be emailing people really and um, johan's just said in the chat in the comments on youtube one of my clients requested an annual email where we inform them about relevant news for the upcoming year do you do anything similar and i'm just wondering is annual enough um how often should we be I, well i think for your clients that is a really nice idea. And that is a really good example of something that you can do post sale for your clients when you want to keep them informed of stuff, but you've got a fairly regular touch point with them anyway, because they're paying you to do the service that you're doing for them. So I, I don't actually do that, Johan, but it's a really good idea. And I actually spoke to a client this morning, a new client who's a VA and is doing exactly the same thing. So she is just doing a monthly update for her all of her existing clients with anything that is relevant to all of them. So she does different work for different people. But if there's blanket information about systems that all of them use or particular services that she does for all of them, she's going to start incorporating that just to her clients in terms of actual email marketing so the pre-sale stuff uh, I would say that once a month is probably not many people are going to want to hear this um, is probably not 
often enough just because if you think about if you receive an email from someone in January and then their next email doesn't come out till February but you don't actually see that one because it goes into your spam or you're on holiday or something and then you don't hear from them again till March that's quite a long gap to not hear from someone and it doesn't really feel like a regular touch point and also there's the risk that someone could sign up in December receive your January email miss the February one and then by March they've forgotten who you are and they think well this is spam I don't remember signing up for this so I think having a much more regular cadence is less risky and also more effective all around. In terms of what the ideal is, it really depends on who you are, who your clients are, the kind of work that you're doing for people. Um, I mean, I would say that bookkeepers would probably have, because the by the nature of your work, you're doing longer term work with fewer people.